we've discovered the winning formula for Saturday morning cartoons. Big babies, children with deformities, shit noises. Learn more on this episode of WatchBots! Hi, everyone. Welcome to WatchBots. This is Ben. I didn't have anything off the cuff this week. No no pithy intro for you? No. Nope. Those are all off the cuff, and I don't have it this week, so fuck off. Fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm here with Shailen. Hello. Hi. No pithy intro for you either, Shailen? <laughs> I mean, when do I ever do anything that's a pithy thing? It's true. True. Never. I love the word pithy. Yeah, you don't... Good you, word. You don't want them in your peaches, though. Mm-mm. And Dave. Or your orange. <laughs> now, there's a pith. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get a little business done off the top before we get into the real business. There's a lot of shit going on in the non-podcast world. Uh, <laughs> you might think I'm talking about the presidential election, but no, I'm just talking about in our personal lives. So we are going to move for a little bit here to a every other week format so you'll still get all of the action and the high quality comedy that you folks crave but it'll give us all a little more time to live life and and get done what needs to get done i feel like i'm being um cagey when i don't really mean to be ben found a dinosaur <laughs> in the backyard you guys and he's trying to take a lot of maintenance that it isn't yeah. real so he needs the extra time to train it he's trying to extract dna from it to make yeah. more dinosaurs dino dna it's a it's a top secret project it's something like that it but was a top secret project <laughs> the seal is broken but yeah you know it's nothing bad we're just we just get to do some shit and i don't want to put out a show weekly that we're not like 100 percent up on you know just because we don't have the time to put it in so we'll do this for a bit and then when shit has settled down, we might go back. We might not. I don't know. Maybe we'll retool the show while we do it. I don't know. I'm not making commitments. No matter what, you're going to get a whole ass, not a half ass. That's right. Correct. <laughs> and we decided this five minutes ago. So who knows what will change in the coming weeks? <laughs> I don't know. You might get a quarter ass. I Damn don't know. It. I was going to say a third of an ass. No. That, For me, you will always get too. the whole ass. It's true. And we'll edit around the semi-asses elsewhere that's that's the beauty of radio indeed so that is that now on to the the big business of the day saturday night live put out a press release and oh, oh boy this. i i've just i've been waiting with bated breath how are they going to treat this election jim carrey is joe biden and the internet's losing their minds oh, man it's like Why? somebody stop me <laughs> right right Shelley? first of all this guy's not even American. Is he Canadian? Yes. Uh, I think so. He's, <laughs> that's, he's that's, Canadian. Didn't fact check this one. <laughs> he's very Canadian. <laughs> yeah. That's why he's Jim Carrey. Yeah. Huh? Sure. Chalen, what would 
Ace Ventura say if he was here? Something horribly transphobic, I'm sure. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> you know, I thought that us talking about a format change was going to be the serious business of the week, but you got to... I'm bad at impressions, and I will get out of them with whatever fact I have to drop on you. <laughs> it's, 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 leave it to you to take take that timeless classic Ace Ventura and and turn it into something political. I don't think it's political. Social? Poli- <laughs> okay, whatever category it fits into. But it, like, I, I guess it's just Jason Sudeikis and Woody Harrelson didn't nail the Joe Biden enough. We had to get Jim Carrey, and I'm picturing him in full-on, like, Jim Carrey madman mode. And it's like, why was this news? Why are we talking about it? But it's just, there's a fervor over this. We're going to get that son of a bitch Trump, and we're going to use Jim Carrey to do it. That's so weird. You just picture Lorne Michaels, like, (laughs) just sitting there in his office. Mm, Maybe we should get Jim. Bring Jim back. Let's let's bring Jim in. We did him dirty by not having him on the show (laughs) as a cast member. Let's get him. This is the perfect role for him. Let's do Biden. I don't think I've watched Saturday Night Live political coverage in many cycles. The last time I remember watching an episode of Saturday Night Live that had, at the time, relevant election stuff Mm -hmm. was when George W. Bush was running for the first time. And Will Ferrell played him in his... Played him perfectly. He played him quite well. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll always remember the joke, we're sorry, Mr. Bush, your mom's Sears card doesn't work here to buy drinks. And then there was that Comedy Central show, That's My Bush, which did not star Will Ferrell, but... I never watched it. Can you imagine a show now that's like, that's my Trump? Nope. (laughs) So people would be killed. (laughs) They'd be thrown in the fucking ice vans. Insane. Yeah. It's insane. I don't like it. There is a good oral history of Saturday Night Live called Live from New York. It's this big, like, 700-page book. I, I recommend checking that out, though, if you have any interest in the topic. There's a whole chapter at the end where they all just talk about Lorne Michaels and, like, what a fucking madman he is. And so in what way? Just, he's a weird dude. He's just, like, a really overwhelmingly, like, weird and awkward man. Like, has, like, <laughs> jars of toenails in his office? or, or... There is... A person who worked for that show that had jars of toenails? Yeah. But I don't think that was him, right? No, that was the Robert Downey Jr. year. Okay. Charles Rocket. <laughs> 18 <laughs> chapters devoted to Joe Piscopo in that book. Yeah. It's, it's actually called uh, Live from uh, Joe Piscopo's House. <laughs> it's the only interview done. <laughs> so a little bit of news as well that is more relevant to our show. Don Bluth just announced that he's opening up a new studio, and it will be devoted to hand-drawn animation. Ooh. So it's interesting. Don Bluth, it uh, feels like he's been out of the game for a bit. Listeners, if you don't know, Don Bluth did the crazy Lord of the Rings animated movies in the 80s. and The um, great ones. Yes. Yeah. Also the great ones. The crazy and the great. I think this is good news. A hand-drawn animation has gone away for the most part. I mean, even if you see some of the Disney stuff that kind of looks hand-drawn, it's not. Yeah, it's, even, it's, it's, it started in like Lion King. It was like aided by computers. Right. Um, maybe even before that. 
I only know it was before because I watched the special about the making of Beauty and the Beast so many times. Oh, oh yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Like the pillars and shit. And yeah. they were like behind on animating. So they took the dance scene from Cinderella and just put Beast and Belle over them mm-hmm. like as skin. <laughs> they like reskinned it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a big deal at the time. I remember one time uh, when I was a kid, we went to Disney World and they had like the animation thing set up. Like it wasn't a real studio, but you could walk through and kind of see how it worked. And they had the multiplane set up on it. So the multiplane thing is it's this big camera, right? And it's pointing downward. And then they have all of the cells set up one on top of the other. So there's like the background cell and then there's like like a background object cell and then there's the people cell. So they lay them all on top of each other to make the cohesive image That's so, so that you cool. can sub things in and out. And I thought that was the coolest thing I had ever seen. And I wanted to be an animator. So, <laughs> and one of the things they sold there was like paint on a cell, right? So you could get this little kit. It was like a Mickey and Minnie plastic cell and you would paint and I fucked it up horribly. <laughs> and that's when I knew I was never going to be that artist. Your dreams were dashed. <laughs> I think about it all the time. Like, Oh would that be a fun hobby to like write a cartoon and like just in spare time, like animate it? And I'm like, what am I? Like, what am I talking about? That's, that's <laughs> insane. That's a fucking insane thing to think about because I can't draw. Try as I I've, as I have. I all, am not a great artist either. All I got are stick figures with huge hogs. That's all I put to the table. <laughs> the hugest. They're all called hog gillies and, you know. It's weird that you keep framing them and hanging them in our house. I wish you'd stop doing that. Sure. Rather pictures of our family. (laughs) But I I keep calling the wall hog heaven as well. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite one was when you drew uh, Joe Hog Baker for me. That was was amazing. (laughs) Go ahead on. Just my passion. So good luck to Don Bluth. Uh, Hashtag um, Lucille Bluth. Ain't that the Bluth? (laughs) That it is. So this week, we're talking about a show that we have skirted around for quite a long time. And for whatever reason, this week, I decided to pull the trigger. And we're talking about Garbage Pale Kids. I'm fascinated with like weird bits of TV trivia, shit like that, stuff that you will never use in your entire life. This is why I can't get a job, because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not focused on like business careers. I'm focused on, hey, did you know that after Happy Days, Richie Cunningham... Um, but but <laughs> that's those are your interviews. Yeah, they all go like that. <laughs> uh, so, sir, what are you what are you talking about? We were we were talking about uh, profit and loss. Yeah, but do you know George Jetson was played by the same guy who did the music for? Is, is George Jetson a reference of yours? I'm yes. Works for works for Space Sprockets. Oh, okay. I don't see that in your resume anywhere. Um, but maybe you could update your resume and send it along afterwards. Did you know? It's it's, <laughs> it's just I've drawn them all on cells. It's just it's a fucking mess. So th- this show falls into one of those categories of too hot for TV, right? Like was banned from the American airwaves. And I find things like that to be really fascinating, especially when you look at it through a 2020 lens where yeah, I'm not going to get into the political stuff, but you know, the, the things we see in media on a daily basis are horrifying. So the idea of something being so offensive to someone's sensibilities yeah, that right. it was pulled right. before it even aired is just the craziest thing in the world to me. And so we come to this. Also, when I was looking at episodes, the thumbnail for the episode we're going to talk about was a huge baby with an afro. And that made me laugh. So that's, <laughs> that's how I pick most of my episodes. Yeah. It's like, what's the funniest thumbnail? <laughs> it's funny. Here we go. 
So Garbage Pail Kids originally was a trading card series by Tops. And did you guys have Garbage Pail Kids? This was a little pre our generation, but it's something you guys interacted with as, as youths. Yes. I had older siblings, so mm-hmm. they had them. And in addition to having the Garbage Pail Kids cards, one of the school buses in my town, so Bill was the bus driver, mm-hmm. had Garbage Pail Kids that people had like peeled the stickers and done the entire ceiling of the school bus with them. Okay. So like kids over time had just added their own. Mm-hmm. And it was always great when like Bill had to substitute for your bus route because it was the Garbage Pail Kids bus. It was so much fun. I had that too. It wasn't a bus. I can't remember what it was, but like someone had plastered like a, a bathroom stall wall or something with, with Garbage Pail Kids stickers. It was, uh, I think one of the, the kids' names was, was Stallballer. <laughs> that it was. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I never, uh, I don't think I had any myself a little little too young. I didn't have these. I did have a lot of sports cards and X-Men cards, but they weren't quite so grotesque. And that is probably why kids loved them. That's why I love them. Garbage Pail Kids were created by Art Spiegelman. If you guys don't know Art Spiegelman, you might know his very famous graphic novel, Mouse, which tells the tale of the Holocaust through the eyes of mice characters. Won all kinds of prizes and stuff, but he's this world-famous cartoonist. And he just came up with this idea of, after the Cabbage Patch Kids had their heyday, what would a fucked up Cabbage Patch Kid look like? So that's how you end up with these weird... (laughs) Grotesque children like Rundown Rhoda, Electric Bill, Booze and Bruce, Leaky Lou. There were hundreds of these. I had Electric Bill. Yeah. And and they were all just weird or gross or had something really fucked up going on with them. I had one that looked like, I can't remember its name, but it was a plate of spaghetti and meatballs with a cabbage patch head attached to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, all the meatballs were made of eyeballs. And that was the character he was just a plate of pasta i have a question for you yeah if you were a garbage pail kid jesus yeah who would you be <laughs> i don't know any of their names no like make a garbage pail kid make one up for you yeah i'd be suffering shaylin listening what, what would to you like? insisting that i do impressions of things i don't want to do no. listeners are going to wonder why we're cutting back to twice a month no they're not it's fucking bullshit <laughs> Yeah, I think it's pretty clear. There's no wondering. <laughs> Dave, who would you be? Oh, uh, I'd be uh, uh, Comrade Davey. Um, <laughs> all right. And everything, all my articles of clothing would just be, would be Comrades. That is disgusting. Hmm. Hey, you asked, Shailen. I didn't, but. You did. I would be Cowardly Ben, and it would just be <laughs> me standing in the corner of a room, like behind a, a coat. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 I can picture the card. It's like you behind yeah. like a coat rack. Like the eyes sticking out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, these aren't clever puns, but you know, these are good first drafts. But listeners, hit us up. What would your garbage pail kid avatar be? Hashtag coming out of the garbage pail. That's what Comrade Davy does. That's right. So <laughs> these looked so much like Cabbage Patch Kids that Tops, the company who made the cards, was in fact sued by the Cabbage Patch Kid parent company. Did they win? Yes. Oh. Or there was a settlement as all these things ah. these things get to. Was but, the cartoon sued by My Pet Monster creators and the Flintstone Kid creators for having like the same exact character models? That's too? why they like, pulled they, it off the air. They, they, looked, at, they looked all alike. <laughs> it looked like every other cartoon. No, they didn't. They looked so much edgier and fucking freakier. <laughs> oh, man, they were so gross. <laughs> I, I'll just say a cartoon that made me feel 
bad for judging children. Okay. But we'll get there. We'll get there. So the trading card series came out in 1985. And it took a little while for the Mania to peak. But two years later, we were we were past that peak. We were going downhill. So what better time to cash in on the tie-ins? Than as it's starting to fail. That's right. The cartoon was not the first media tie-in. The first one was, of course, the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Oh. And the Garbage Pail Kids movie <laughs> is Disturbing. infamous. It's live action. That's important. It's live action. The Garbage Pail Kids are aliens who fly to Earth in the garbage pail and live there. They are played by small folks in costumes. And it involves a, a scene with Valerie Vomit where she vomits all over a fashion show because the Garbage Pail Kids are, in fact, really good at designing fashion. And it involves a girl named Tangerine sexually exploiting a 12-year-old boy. Oh. It's fucking wild. It is a movie that I had heard about a lot in childhood but never saw it. Mm -hmm. And then Ben had a copy of it. And so we watched it when we first started dating. And I was like, this guy's got something about him I like. Good first date. Good for you. And I I just was turgid the whole time. (laughs) It's that kind of movie. Oh, man. I wish I was in that garbage can. It's got the vaunted 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it really is worth checking out if you have a chance. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube or Daily Motion if you're creative. It's a weird, wild movie. So that was summer of 1987. A little bit later in 87, but probably being made at the same time, this cartoon came into existence. I'm going to list some of the names that are involved, and I assure you these are not Garbage Pail Kids. The show was directed by Bob Hathcock. The recording director was Michael Hack. But the story editor, the oh, main creative force, was our old friend Flint Dilly. Flint, Flint Dilly! All things come around. So this idea of weird, wacky, deformed kids in this fucked up fantasy world, that fits in very well with the Flint Dilly mentality. That's true. But the core here, because as we said, there were hundreds of Garbage Pail Kids. The show really focuses on the core on five. So you've got Split Kit who is a boy with all his limbs and head in the wrong places. So like his foot is where his head should be, et cetera, et cetera. Has a peg leg. He looks like a, a Lego person, like, but like his arms are, you know, his arms and heads and leg are all like kind yeah. of misplaced. <laughs> you have Elliot Mess, who is a boy who's like a biker, but he's also like half a troll. This one wasn't terribly well thought out, it yeah. felt like. <laughs> Uh. He was the last one they came up with, and they had a great name. And they're like, uh, "Yeah, he's got like pink hair or something." He or- doesn't talk like a gangster. I'll tell you that much. No, you had Terry Cloth, who is a girl who looks like the blank from Dick Tracy, and that she has no face, and her f- oh, good call. Her face is like written on her hand. You know, it's like oh, see that character scared the shit out of me. Oh, really? Like, as an adult? Okay, like right yeah. now. <laughs> maybe maybe you should be the coward. Just like this blank face. Oh, it's frightening. Well, the one that scared me was Patty Putty, who her power is she's like Mr. Fantastic. She can stretch, but I'm trying to think of a delicate way to say this. <laughs> Patty Putty is upsetting. <laughs> she's just upsetting. Like she's got like these arms that like stretch down like past her knees, and her head is shaped really weird. She's got a little bit of like, um, she's like two lazy eyes. Yeah, yeah. and I, I'm 
I'm bashing myself. The the character from the Goonies, you know, hey, you got he's she's got a little bit of sloth going in the face, and like it's just. I don't think that the show or the conception is like, oh, yeah, we should make fun of this girl. But the way it's drawn, it's like, oh, my God. So after we watched it, I was thinking about it a lot. And I think that it's supposed to be more like silly putty than like Mr. Fantastic. So I think she's supposed to be like dribbling almost or like stretching, which doesn't make any of what you said untrue so much as it just sort of emphasizes that like they were sort of mocking the Mm -hmm. look, which was not good. Yeah. And then the the last in our quintet here is Clogged Dwayne, who I'll just say is fucking gross. We're going to talk a lot about Clogged Dwayne <laughs> in a little bit here, but just really nasty shit. So the show ran for one season, and in the first two episodes, all of the kids we just talked about, they're normal kids who have like garbage pale kid superpowers. Right. So they just turn into them. After episode two, that was dropped, and then they were just always the garbage pale kids, and, and you go... You know, with that kind of forethought and quality control, I could see why this was a big success. 13 episodes. It was just 13 episodes. And yeah. <laughs> in the second episode, they abandoned it. Eh, didn't it. even have like audience reception <laughs> in the US. They didn't have an explanation for it, you know? Yeah. So the show <laughs> was really fully backed by CBS, was going to air alongside Muppet Babies. But just a few days before it aired, tons of protests, parents, groups, and Groups saying that they were making fun of the handicapped and it was overly violent. The correct assertion that the show was just a, you know, 22 minute advertisement for the cards. And CBS, more like cowardly broadcasting service because they pulled yeah. it, pulled it entirely. It was the right thing. Replaced to do. it with more Muppet Babies. But the show did Stand air. Stand your ground, CBS. <laughs> in Europe and Canada. And that's how you got to where we are. The show was released in the US later, but, you know, this idea of, like, we're walking into the black box here. This is the equivalent of, like, a cartoon snuff film. Really appealed to me. Yeah, totally, Ben. <laughs> it's just like that. Yes. So, <laughs> in, in later days, the Garbage Pail Kids have come back a few times uh, in the early to mid-2010s after Tops was bought by former Disney CEO Michael Eisner. So, he brought the cards back. He also talked about making a new Garbage Pail Kids movie, but that was dropped due to negative reception. Wait, wait a minute, wait a Probably minute. Probably so- because someone remembered <laughs> the first one. <laughs> yeah. And said, yeah, yeah, this shit sucks. So Eisner Eisner left Disney and then bought Tops? Yes. On his own? Like, just as like a, fuck it, money, you know. You got that Disney money rolling <laughs> in the 80s. Yeah. He's also bought like a B-League British football team as well. Oh, so. man. This guy's got some money. I, I can't wait until I accidentally yet. stumble into like kajillions of dollars so I can make investments like that. Yeah. I'm going to buy the Durham Bulls. Not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Shailen, what are you going to do with your, with your fuck it money or fuck you money? <laughs> fuck it. I'm going to build a cul-de-sac or buy a whole one with houses in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I- I'm going to start a commune. Nice. And we're going to have a show house at the front of the commune. All the mail goes there. All the visitors go there. Like the men? And yeah. No. Yeah. Yes. Males. USPS. Okay. And nobody disturbs it's us in USP-ness. our fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. That's what I'm going to do with that money. Ben, you've got your, your fuck you money. What are you, what are you doing, doing with it? I would... I, so obviously, like, you know, pay off debts and all that shit. I would set up a big room, right? This is for me. This is selfish with like all this recording shit in it and weird video stuff. And I would just make weird shit all day. 
and none of it would ever be usable. It would never find an audience, but it, it would just be like, I feel like doing this. Here's a video of like me eating potato chips weird, and I'd put it on the internet. I'd go viral all the time. <laughs> Fast forward 50 years, some kids from the neighborhood lose their baseball over the fence, mm-hmm. find you doing something like eating potato chips funny, realize, oh my God, he's the internet sensation from 50 years yeah, ago. That's right. And then they'll make a movie based on the discovery. And it's called The Sandlot 2. <laughs> I want to be preemptive here. This isn't some weird sex thing, right? I'm not talking about like right. cranking off in like this weird recording room. It's like making parody songs. It's not always about like weird perversions, folks. And stop motion animations. Yeah. Yes. When you, oh, God, no. Uh, when you said you were going to eat chips weird, I was like, <laughs> yeah. he's going to shove them up his butt. That's what I thought. Well, that's not oh. weird. So yeah. that's not, wouldn't, wouldn't fit the bill. I don't think that counts as eating. It goes in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's why they call it an edema. That's not what they call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eat a meal. Eat a meal. Yeah. Oh. So the episode we're talking about here doesn't really have a title. All of the episodes of the Garbage Pail Kids cartoon, I sort of equate them to UHF, even though this came out ahead of UHF. So it's more vignettes than a, a cohesive show. So this was episode five of 13. So somewhere in the middle of the run, the writers here, you've got Roby Gorin, who was a writer on Laugh-In and Hollywood Squares and cartoons. Nowadays, according to his IMDb page, Roby is also a Shopify expert and partner and has built numerous e-commerce sites on that platform. Roby blogs on Shopify and Shopify Plus, as well as e-commerce in general. Oh, God. So that's nice to hear. It's Uh, a shitty content marketer. (laughs) Michael Hill, who wrote for G.I. Joe and Transformers, nowadays is still in animation and kids shows, but as a marketing coordinator. And Gordon Kent, who is listed as timing director on about a million and a half things. I was going to say, he's in a lot of credits. I don't know I recognize what that, that name. Means, but if it means he's the guy that stretched this script for time, I, I would buy it. <laughs> huh. Interesting. I've never heard of that job before. I want it, though, if it means you get to work on everything. Yeah, I... One of the things I think about a lot as we've we've made this long journey through cartoons is like they keep a lot of people employed and in jobs that sound like they can't possibly be real, but they are. <laughs> and that's it makes Hollywood. me want to have those jobs. Yeah, I'm sure they're making like four dollars an hour, and that's why they have to work so damn much. But it's a dream. Don't kill the dream. The love of the game. Yeah, that's right. So the episode aired here on October 24th, 1987, in Canada. So I don't know when you think about conversions and stuff, what that means, but I just, I kept it straight, October 24th. Dump some context on us, eh? Ooh, what were we seeing? It's contextual feeling. Really great week in the box office. Multiple thrillers. Number Iraq one. ones? Fatal Attraction. Yes! Yes! thrillers! The, the, the template, the, the pantheon, the zenith. Fatal Attraction was number one in the box office for like nine straight weeks. Just That is a lot of weeks. Just horny ass couples going to see that movie. Just Mick Douglas, Glenn Close. What's your favorite erotic thriller? Hmm. Eight millimeter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I can no, see that's, that. That's disgusting. <laughs> it's got its merits. The Fugitive. <laughs> Obviously, it is. It's kind of a lot. A lot of erotic folks. I was going to say disclosure. 
That does yeah. come up a lot yeah. here. Yeah. It's uh, le- no, it doesn't come up a lot. It just comes up when we're talking about sexy movies. Uh, Palmetto with Woody Harrelson. <laughs> yeah. Decent proposal. Yeah. <laughs> Number two, Prince of Darkness. That's a great Carpenter flick. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about a man who has a lot of jobs, John Carpenter. It's true. Number three, another thriller, Suspect, a legal thriller starring Cher, Dennis Quaid, and Liam Neeson. Sounds very erotic. I don't know that that one was erotic, but it was legal. I'll tell you what. It doesn't have to be meant to be erotic for it to be. And with that lineup, it is. Why do you think the legal thriller, like the courtroom thriller, has gone out of vogue? Is it because they sort of transitioned them into TV shows? I was going to say, I think it's because Uh, we've all seen Law and Order and Law and Order SVU and Law and Order, what is it? Criminal Intent? Criminal Intent, yeah. Is it because like the John John Grisham novels, like just sort of, lost their luster in the mid 90s like no you that's had... not true no because <laughs> you had the firm and the client and mm-hmm. the rainmaker and the chamber i believe those were, they, and they the were judge all... and the jury and the yeah. prosecutor <laughs> they were all great and then uh, the pelican brief i think yeah um they're all great kind of you know f- political legal thrillers and then they just sort of like went down so maybe like the quality of john grisham novels went down that definitely did happen i read all of those john grisham books as i did too i don't remember anything about them i remember pelican brief really well okay for for some reason it just stuck in my head the book i lost my virginity to it pretty much yeah Hmm. a lot of sticky pages in the pelican brief hell yeah um well like pelican debrief but i was reading those books at like 11 or 12 and i was like why the hell is my mom letting me read these uh, (laughs) legal thrillers i have no idea it's a good question. To be fair, I read them all at like similar age because they were around. There was a sort of a thing in our house where mm-hmm. you find a book in a room and you read it. And if you pick it up and walk away with it, then it's your book now, even if the other person who was reading it originally is only on like chapter six. We got in a lot of fights over it. Well, it's like, you know, we had some of the, the Harlequin novels in our house and they were up on a higher shelf, but I knew how to get him. Yeah, old Ben always finds his way. I know what's happening. I know I know the score. That's what it's all about. Now, we had those thrillers in the box office, so let's get to a thriller on the small screen and get into this show. So all of these episodes start with what is ostensibly a commercial, but I don't really know what this segment was. So you have a redheaded girl, and she's babysitting her little brother, and she's like, babysitting sucks. My brother just watches TV and it's baby shows. And it's just odd. There's a lot going on here. <laughs> no, and there's I would, not. <laughs> there is, and it's unspoken, right? So okay. the subtle messaging going on here is that girls take care of babies and boys like gross things. Mm-hmm. Right. True. And gross things are interesting inherently, and girls can't handle those gross things, so they run out of the room screaming while their baby brother is entranced and interested in this super risky, interesting thing that you should also love. (laughs) Here's Garbage Pail Kids. It's like introducing you to what the cartoon is and basically saying that you're like a sissy if you don't watch it, and also girls all are, and girls are only responsible for caring for children. Oh, took so, so like, much out of this. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. G- great analysis. Like, So this, like, the show is bullying you into watching it. Yeah. Like, if you don't watch this, you are a sissy because you can't handle gross, icky things. Exactly. I will be honest. 
I didn't even take out of this that that kid was watching the Garbage Pail Kids. <laughs> I'm going to play the clip. I just thought this was an excuse for a shit noise. Hear that? What are you watching, Wouncy? Little bunny wannies? <laughs> It didn't even occur to me for a second that he was watching Garbage Pail Kids, but I guess that makes complete sense and actually makes the segment logical. Yeah. That's the only way that I could make I, like I would. Ooh, man. We made it like 14 seconds in before I was angry on this one. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, a, oh, cool. She hates record. her little brother and her parents also are farming out the work of parenting to her because she's the girl. Oh, man. And they also just turn on it. two girls, one cup for the baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a weird opening for sure. The musical director for this show was Hoyt Curtin. And we know Hoyt Curtin from a lot of the classic Hanna-Barbera songs. Toit. Toit songs. Classic. Yeah. He didn't write this song, but as the director, I feel he is responsible. So let's listen to this and see if it fits in the Mount Hoytmore. It doesn't. You guys know I love a kick and synth, and I love Sam Kinison, but this song ain't it. <laughs> it sucks not the answer. Do you know what this reminded me of? No. Do you remember the Casio keyboard that every kid had in the 80s and early 90s? Sure. That the pre-programmed song? Mm-hmm. It was like the poor man's version of that with a guy burping over it, basically. <laughs> This reminded me, so like Hoy Carton like uh, did a like you know Scooby Doo and uh, um, like the all the Hanna Barbera mm-hmm. cartoons like Wacky Races like really really good songs, but they all have their unique sound. I feel like this was like um, in the late nineties. David Bowie came out with some albums <laughs> that weren't great, and it was like him trying shut your out, mouth, him trying out the grunge sound or the industrial right. like Nine Inch Nails sound, and this is what this sounds like like. I'll do some 80s noises. Like, I'll get a synth and just fuck <laughs> around on it. And, um, oh, it's Garbage Pail Kids? Like, but poop. I'll put poop in it, too. I'll put fart noises in there. For what it's worth, though, it does match the sort of aesthetic of the opening, which involves a globe bouncing, and then a big chicken sits on the globe, and then it hatches the garbage pail. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right. And then would appear to be, like, 12 clips from this exact episode. Yep. Just really, (laughs) really weird stuff. So we see a theater that is called the Odious Theater, and it's playing a movie called Germs of Endearment, which is kind of funny. I like that. A little doll thing pops out of the garbage pail. It looks like one of the misfit toys from Toy Story, and it shoots some magic, and then the theater changes to playing Savage Stewart, the barbarian. That's correct. This was incredibly pointless they needed to fill the minutes and this was a way to do it <laughs> they couldn't have put in like 15 extra seconds of like fart noises or people Hell walking. And, no you need yeah. visuals man i guess so the weird thing here is like what are these garbage pill kids right 
So they have like this baby coming out of the sewer or garbage that has like magic powers that can transform things. And then mm-hmm. someone else is putty. Like, what are they? Like, what? where did their powers come from? I was, this was where I was lost. I wanted it to be <laughs> so stupid. I wanted Garbage Pail Kids to be more grounded. <laughs> I like that you That's think that fair. they're powers. Yeah. These are, well, these are horrible deformities. <laughs> well, well, no, no but like it, changing but the sign on the, the marquee. Thing. Yeah. And also, throughout the opening sequence, they they just manipulate physics many different times, right. They're like which was X-Men, very frustrating like, for me. They're abominations to God. <laughs> and they shouldn't be on the air. That's right. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's strange. I mean, the world that they're in is never really set up. And some of them, as we'll talk about here, like they look like adults, but they're just kid-sized. And then there are normal kids, so... It's not even a world where everybody is this way. They just are. I'm going to assume some kind of mutant goo. I'm on board with that. Some like TGRI ooze, if you will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's go into Savage Stewart, the barbarian here. So this it's a story as old as time. You have King Trashola, and he has a daughter named Princess Ugg. Because the people who made this cartoon hated women. Sure. Go on. And Princess Ugg is kidnapped by Lord Pondscum. Let's meet a few of these folks here. Return Princess Ugg to me and... Ugg? Never mind her looks. Yeah, so you get a lot of that that kind of joke. So the king brings oh, in... Good selection, Ben. <laughs> Savage Stuart. You're sleeping on the couch. That's not true. And Stuart, he's not Conan, but he has a scar on his face. But he's like a man-baby with a sculpted body and it talks like this and he kind of looks like an adult, but kind of not. And it's just like, this isn't even like a funny joke. He's just like a little dude. Yeah. He's like a miniature Conan, the barbarian. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get the joke. I don't get what's going on again. It's like, there's no grounding. Like nothing is grounded. Yeah. Oh, is, is this supposed to be like a, like a variety show or something where all the garbage pill kids get put into different like scenarios and like he's a superhero in one vignette and he's a, a barbarian in this mm-hmm. vignette. That would have made a little sense, right? You've got this character who plays these dark times, but no, no grounding, nothing. Nothing at all. It's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> put it back in the pail is what I say. Put, hell, you know, put it beyond the pail. I like a wider st- shade of pale. Stewart's catchphrase. You got it, dude! Later! <laughs> so hip, so cool. Just stole from Michelle Tanner. <laughs> so, <laughs> Stuart goes on his journey, and he immediately runs into the aforementioned Cyclops baby with an afro. And, like many tales, he has to answer three riddles. I have grabbed them all. So this is the first riddle. Let's see. When was the color of Goulash the Terrible's black horse? Why? He spilled vanilla ice cream on it! Oh, God. <laughs> So, is he white? That doesn't make him white if he has white ice cream on him. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a bad joke. It's it, a bad punchline. Yeah. It's, so- it's not a riddle. No, it's a riddle. All riddles are jokes, but not all jokes are riddles. Plato taught me that. Shall we response? I guess I can't <laughs> refute what you just said. That's but- right. Hashtag airtight logic. But that was not a joke either or a riddle. It was neither. It was just like a weird. It was a good riddle, but a bad joke. It's a shitty Q&A. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> you know, you guys are dwelling too much on the first one because it gets better. Okay. Who 
is buried in King Turlock's tomb. King Turlock! I can't perform surgery. He's my son. <laughs> A hole in the barrel will make it lighter. <laughs> it gets even worse. Answer me this one. What is my name? Okay. So he has to answer the, the name, but then all of a sudden there's a call and it's a pizza company on a payphone calling the payphone offering to deliver the pizza to one eye Jack. So I don't know if this is something that Stuart engineered, but he's able to like social engineer out of this that the guy's name is one eye Jack. But the pizza is delivered by a little rat boy named Corn Dog. <laughs> and oh man. So one eye Jack doesn't tip Corn Dog. So then Corndog throws the pizza in his face and he's just like <laughs> picking at it like it's glue or whatever. Like it's goopy and like it's really alarming it's to him. It's cartoon cheese. It's cartoon cheese. Keep this in mind. Mixed. Because we're going to revisit this momentarily. But Stuart points out, all right, Corndog, you've got no fear. Come with me on my quest. And Corndog's like, okay, fuck it. One of the funny things here, and I laugh just because what an effort it must have been. They don't have the Garbage Pail Kids riding real horses. They have them riding wooden horses. So they had to animate this walk cycle of Stuart on the wooden horse, just like this little like hop, skip, and a jump thing. Doing and, the Monty Python coconuts. And they had to do, yeah, they, they, like the Foley work with the clip clops. And it's just like, this must have been a lot of effort for something that looks like complete <laughs> shit. I feel like they thought they were being like clever and doing kind of a callback to something that's pretty funny in its original form. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it wasn't super played out, so I don't think that it necessarily, like, it probably was still funny, but, like, mm-hmm. it was not interesting to look at. That's true. And it was not funny. But as they're moving along, Corndog's like, Princess Ugg, she must be ugly. So keep that series of events in mind. They had to solve a three-pronged puzzle. The villain gets a pizza to the face, mm-hmm. and Corndog calls Princess Ugg ugly. Because immediately... They run across like a centaur with, is it a centaur, Shailen? You know magical creatures. Okay. Named Galloping Glenn, who has like horse flies around him, I guess, because he's stinky. And he says, okay, to get by me, you have three chances to make me mad. Now, what's the kind of stuff that makes people mad? Making them watch a cartoon about garbage wheel kids. No, but what I was thinking is, Shailen, you spend a lot of time antagonizing people on the internet. Sure heck do. Political talk gardening getting online shamed exactly makes me mad but they go with one of the classics oh yeah your mother jokes oh always grinds my gears (laughs) here we go ah does your mother dress you that way ha if that's the best you can do you'll never get past me well is it true your mother wears army horseshoes yes (laughs) so he can't do it that way but then he's like you're a donkey dick and and the centaur's like, I'm all thoroughbred, baby. And he, like he gallops out of it. Oh, God, it sucks. It's so bad. It's, yeah. I, I got nothing. <laughs> so Stuart's response is to shoot an ice cream cone at him with a slingshot. I, I don't know what this was supposed to accomplish. That doesn't work. When, when was it established that food was weapons? Oh, I guess well, it was in the 30 seconds ago. The pizza. Yeah, but like, when, where did he get that ice cream cone? Like, where the pizza did he get the delivered. ice cream cone is the question I had. Yeah. Where did it come from? Why is all food weapons here in this world? Oh, my God. It's like shattering me. I don't understand what's going on. I think it's a commentary on the American diet, right? Yeah. Food is the weapon. Yeah. 
It's like the Aerosmith themed arcade game Revolution X where music was the weapon because you literally shot CDs at robots. Hmm. Pretty good stuff. Knowledge was their treasure. But the ice cream doesn't work. So what do they do? Now they have to throw another pizza. Galloping Glenn acts the same way as One-Eyed Jack. He's just like fumbling around and they go by. And then Corndog says, Princess Ugg, she must be ugly. And it's just like, motherfucker, we just did the same fucking scene twice. Did we have no idea for this show? And the answer, of course, is no. no. Because next, they go to meet another garbage pail kid who is a Medusa. Let me guess. You're here to steal the golden key that unlocks the princess's prison door. Am I right? What I will give this credit for is that unlike Conan the Adventurer, this was a girl Medusa. Yes. And we all know that Medusa is a girl. And the idea that Medusa is a man, if you think that, and if you think it's wrong for us to obsess on that, you can shove it right up your ass, pal. Okay? Right on up that sphincter. That's right. Yeah, serve that soup cold. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, got it. Shailen, what is more sexist? Conan the Adventurer portraying Medusa as a man? Ooh, this is a good question. Or Garbage Pail Kid's or whatever they're doing in this episode. (laughs) So I think that there's more open hostility against women in this episode, whereas the sexism in Conan the Adventurer was really overt and really like robbed the legacy of the strong female character. So it's more subtle in that way. Which one's worse, though? Which Which is the biggest offender? I don't know how to quantify worse when they're both like, hey, girls suck. Like, that's <laughs> that is the message of these two cartoons. I mean, girls do suck. That's what I heard on the playground. Yeah, I heard they uh, they drool. Mm-hmm. No, boys Cooties, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So this Medusa scene, they're going to get a gold key. And I'll just spoil it. Stuart uses the same move Conan did way back when. He like He reflects the look back with the shield. He gets this key. This key is fucking useless. So this whole scene is just a complete waste of time. That's correct. The key does nothing. It does make you think of Raiders of the Lost Ark, though. Yeah, I guess that's true. Because he has to get it off the pedestal and there's like the light shining down on it. Touche. The the one bright spot of this (laughs) show was thinking about another better piece of media. Exactly. Touche. So they get to the castle and they're starting to climb. And they immediately run into a dude on the parapet. This guy kind of looks like Elliot Mess. Like, he's half monster and half dude. This dude, you're like, oh, man, they're going to fight this guy. Or there's going to be some weird thing. No. He just yells, and then you don't see that guy ever again. Unimportant. <laughs> We've sold that card. Move on. It's just like, oh, hell. <laughs> so now they're being chased up the stairs, and they're climbing the stairs for conservatively 35 minutes. The key doesn't work, but the door is open. And they see Princess Ugg. Now, the show really works hard for these next couple of minutes to hide her face. Very hard. And I mean, the payoff is so worth it, as we'll talk about in a second. But the the troops are coming, so Stuart scoops her up. And Ugg appreciates this. Oh, Oh, you do that so well. So he pants and he tells her this is he's she's the 12th maiden he's rescued from Lord Ponscum in the past month or whatever. Yep. And then we have another launch chase sequence. Corndog cross-dresses. He jumps off the building. They get away. Whatever. It, it, it's fine. This all fucking sucked. It's fine. So now we're back in the castle with King Trashola and Ugg and the heroes. And 
Instead of giving the money to Stuart that he promised him, the king offers another reward. Um, uh, so please accept a kiss from my lovely daughter as a token of my sincere appreciation. Ah, oh, gross! And they're like, oh, that's fucked up. But then oh, she moves her hair aside. She moves those hair curtains aside. And I don't know how you were supposed to react to this. They're like, humana, humana. But this character, Ugg, it reminded me of when I saw Bride of Chucky. Right, because they transfer <laughs> Jennifer Tilly's like spirit into that puppet body, and you're supposed to be like, "Oh, that's a fucking sexy puppet!" Oh, like, man, look at that puppet. <laughs> I've got the hots for that puppet. This character looked like Miss Piggy, and it's just like she got a ton of makeup on. I don't know, like, what I was supposed to feel here. I would like to posit that they were using the female gremlin from the movie Gremlins as the model okay oh yeah yeah. see i thought she looked more like that girl muppet that's in the muppet band with the big blonde bangs (laughs) yeah yeah that's what i was thinking but i think we're all right we're all right the weirdest thing of all ostensibly this is a garbage pail kid this character right she's got huge knockers (laughs) this is a very busty character and it's just (laughs) like fuck like I don't want to feel weird watching these shows. Like, I don't want to feel like I'm doing something wrong. I'm just a man in my living room watching cartoons. What's the problem? The cartoon is the problem, Ben. Thank you. Yeah, it's not you. Her kiss turns them into frogs. They're swept into the garbage and thrown into the moat. And um, that's... Ribbit! 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 That's that's pretty much it. And then the king laments that he keeps losing warriors that way, mm-hmm. which is bullshit because he on purpose was trying to get out of paying them. He knew this would happen. That's a good point. Son of a bitch. Son That's of a, a great a grift. And again, it's a good grift. Using a woman as a tool in this instance. Mm-hmm. You know, Shailen, though, I'm glad you brought up tools because we had that first commercial that was so funny, like laugh out loud funny. Yeah. Here we get a commercial for a tool that every kid would just fucking love. Kids, has this ever happened to you? No TV till you finish your homework. With the homework machine, that'll never happen again. So it's this fucking pencil with like a graduation cap on it, and it sounds like a dentist drill. That's the bit. Did you guys ever have what was called... The homework machine wasn't real, (laughs) Shailen. I had... A writing implement called the Squiggle Wiggle Writer. Okay. And it was a plastic pen and it had a weight on the top that spun really fast when you turned it on. And so as you drew, it would make like spirals. So I didn't have that, but I had something similar that had a little motor up top. So when you try to draw a straight line, you were driving like waves and shit. Yeah. It didn't do my homework though. No. But I just wanted to watch my TV shows. Yeah, same. Oh, just kidding. I My mom watched. had one of those pens. She hid it in one of her drawers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a little motor on it, but it didn't write really well. No, it didn't have to. I mean, it's a, it's a, they're all gimmicks. They're it all got the job gimmicks. done, Dave. Okay. You told okay. It got the job done. That's right. Yeah. I remember trying to use it. I brought it to school once. It was my pencil you, case. What a fucking idiot. Did Do you remember one of those, those pens that had like the scenes in them and then you tip them and they would do a certain way? Yeah. I always wanted one yeah. where like the woman's clothes would fall off. What movie was that in? Every movie. Was it a vacation? Like a National Lampoon vacation I think so, yeah. Oh, maybe it was, yeah. Mm, I'm trying to think. I think you're right. I think it's a Christmas movie. There's some person or persons who have made millions of dollars off of that idea. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. That's what you could do in your giant room. Like, oh, yes, inventor. I will conceptualize ideas. Yes, I should yeah. be an inventor. I just need strings and pulleys and such. Yeah, what's the 2020 version of the uh, lady's bikini falling off in the pen? <laughs> it's not a weird sex thing, though. It's just a, it's a business idea. It's a straight right. up business idea. Right, right. So this next segment here is... Terrible. Oh, man. It's how I really describe the whole show. So this is the garbage pale groaner. And this is all a setup for a dad joke. Yep. Let's listen to it. I read about a guy who was a fantastic inventor. Back in 1802, Waldo Sticko invented the world's most powerful glue. But nobody could ever use it. Why not? He couldn't get it off his hands. <laughs> so the setup for this, it's a bunch of normal kids. There's no garbage pail kids in the room. They're giving oral reports on inventors, and then you get that joke. But like the ending of just people off screen groaning. It's like, what What did I just watch? That was insane. Yeah, we got to write the uh, audience's reaction in. Otherwise, the joke's going to fall flat. <laughs> Kids won't know it's a joke if people don't act like it's a bad joke. That's right. Yeah. So now, now we're into the rollicking second half here. And we're with Patty Putty. I'm just going to call her Patty. Or should I call her Putty? What do you guys think? Patty. Putty oh, Patty. We'll call her Patty. And we're with Clog Dwayne. And Clog Dwayne is the most disgusting character we've ever talked about. He is a boy, a young boy, who's constantly dripping. It looks like he's made out of pudding. He just floats in and out of things, and he goes into puddles, and it's always accompanied by this noise. Ugh. Oh, it's just Ugh. truly vile stuff. God, it's <laughs> just the sound of intercourse. It's so gross. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, it's the sound of a pudding cup. Just someone stirring Being a pudding fucked cup. by a dick. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, can we, we'll do the middle ground. It's the sound of a pudding cup engaged in intercourse. There you yeah. go. Yeah. The most erotic thriller of them all. So they're in the backyard of Mrs. Slotnick's house. Now, I don't know if Mrs. Slotnick is just a neighbor or... Their caretaker, or what the deal is? Was she supposed to look like Bridget Neeson from um, Rocky Four? No, like no, Slotnik, I don't think like, like It's just kind of Russian. She had like the the haircut and everything. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I was just trying to get some sort of enjoyment out of this and just just making random connections everywhere. I was trying to figure out what the hell was up with her hand. So she's yeah. a normal woman, but she has this weird right hand. She's either wearing like a light brown glove or her hand is dying. I couldn't figure out which is which. <laughs> I thought it was supposed to be some kind of commentary on like she's like in the house and doing the work and trying to keep calluses off her hands or something. Mm -hmm. But that was a stretch. I was just trying to justify bad animation, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know what it was. It was consistent, though. I thought she was a garbage pail kid, and it was. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, she was just like weird. Mom was was the garbage <laughs> pail kid. So Patty and Dwayne are. Dwayne is a hard name to say. I'm going to struggle with that for the next few minutes here. Um, hey Ben, knock knock. Who's there? Dwayne. Clog Dwayne. Dwayne de bathtub. I'm Dwayne. That's, that's a garbage pail groaner. Ah. So they're doing yard work so they can save money to go to, quote unquote, the rock show. And in this idea, how old would you say the Garbage Pail Kids are? Ten. The idea that they're saving money to go to a rock show was very strange to me. I just 
thought it was strange that they were so generic about it. Like they couldn't even come up with a fake band name. <laughs> the, the Rock yeah, Show. The Rock Show's fine. You could have came up with like a Garbage Pail Kids garage, <laughs> like rock band or something. Like really easy name to come up with. But nope, Rock Show. Rock. Dave, name that band show. right now. Fuck. Um. Uh. Uh. Muddy Floppers. I win. Oh, that, damn it. It's a good one. I got nothing. I like Muddy Floppers. A, a dire Straits. Shit. <laughs> there you go. Uh, screaming Peaches. So they're like, all right, well, we did the yard work. We're cool now. And Mrs. Slotnick comes out. And the other thing about Mrs. Slotnick you've got to understand, she doesn't tolerate bad behavior and she doesn't tolerate drugs. I hate weed. I don't know why she hates it so much, but <laughs> they're just out there fucking smoking a fucking fat uh, blunt. Another example of casual sexism here. Mm -hmm. She's overly dramatic about something silly and ridiculous looking <laughs> and awful. And she's the here's the adult female in the room. I hate weeds. <laughs> <laughs> she's always gardening, hates reefer. Very dramatic. Yeah. And she sees this weed, right? And she throws it down on the ground. And then all of a sudden, Patty says something fucking crazy. This is a very rare green bean plant, not a weed. How would she know that? <laughs> How would she know that at all? Patty Pud is, she's an expert. She's got a green thumb. I you know, she's an expert botanist. I guess, yeah. Yeah, that that, that was that was established it. in the opening credits and episode one and two. <laughs> and so Mrs. Slotnick's like, oh shit, she starts pouring fertilizer and stuff on this thing. And then she brings it to life. And now it's called Green Dean. This is this thing's name. It looks like the plant from Little Shop, Little of, Shop Horrors. of Horrors. Audrey too. And it starts wandering around and it's eating things and it just oh man, it's it so only strange. It's like objects. Well, like furniture and road signs. Yes, and, and the the kids even recognize this as well. What a weird appetite! <laughs> He's eating furniture. He sure is. <laughs> so then he comes back, and the kids are like, "We're gonna stop you!" But then Dwayne goes to hide in the hose, and then. The plant sucks down the hose, and I was like, "Oh Jesus! Did it just like kill Dwayne?" But no, did Dwayne he, like, was slurp him up like a soda. Yeah, it's now so gross. Du looking. Dwayne's like hiding in the pipe. Oh man, it, it's it's just weird. So I didn't like Savage Steve that that whole vignette, but Savage Stewart, Stewart, sorry, please and thank you, um, Savage Stewart. I did not like that, but uh, right about this moment, I was like, I wish we were back in that. <laughs> in that savage thing. Like, it, this was so bafflingly bad. No, this was great. <laughs> this was very enjoyable. So the the plant thing gets away, and now all the main kids are together, and they're, they're chasing it down a street. Okay. There's just a man with a mustache on a street corner near a stop sign, and the camera is cutting back and forth between this man and the kids. And then all of a sudden, the plant steals the stop sign <laughs> it was like what that was sure a lot of buildup for something that didn't really require it that's true i have a question sure why is it the responsibility of these children to catch this creature i don't know because mrs slotnick is is a woman and is incapable of doing okay this. Yeah. all right somebody had to just to go on your 
go along with your theme. That's that's I got it. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I appreciate the explanation. Thank you. <laughs> Why not them? <laughs> that had to be somebody. They're doing that, and then Elliot Mess. He start, tries to start shit. I think this is this character. Like he's a shit starter. Doesn't go well. Don't try anything. You might be a big bean, but I can turn you into squash. Then he he flips out. So then the Green Dean is he sneaks away, and now they're all like, "Wow, he's going to be hard to find." But then he's immediately in a park, and in this park you see Peabody from the classic Peabody and Sherman cartoons, Mm -hmm. and he's there with his mom, and the mom's like, "Go climb on the jungle gym," and then the kid thinks that Green Dean is a jungle gym, and he tries to climb him. Yeah. It didn't make sense. <laughs> I don't like. I just. I just don't. She I don't know what to say. So miff at this cartoon. I love it. Like you're not even like at the point of like I. I. I got nothing. This is I, so I, I can't even figure out how to wrap my head around this. It's just so strange. There's nothing to wrap your head around. It's just shitty. <laughs> yeah, like they didn't even bother. I mean, aside from the wonderful garbage pill groaners, they didn't mm-hmm. even like bother trying a joke. No, right. like the, the, it's like just like the, things happen. It's just like, yeah, it's a plant. Have them yeah. do things. <laughs> and, and kids like garbage and messy things and, and they, they, they hate parents and homework. So like, we're just going to write the episode around that. So fuck it. Said so Flint. then the plant runs into a movie theater where a punk, like a dude with a mohawk and an earring is on a date with a librarian. Makes sense. Uh, sure. You know, he's not going to the rock show. Hell no. Although maybe he should. That would fit with his character. So what they do is they go and they're like, we're going to catch this plant. But their plan is they wait until the plant comes out because the plant likes eating. And Terry Cloth offers him a free extra large drink. Green Dean picks up the extra large drink. Clogged Dwayne pops out and he's like, gotcha, motherfucker. The and, best part of the episode. And then Green Dean runs away. And it was like, what, what was that plan? <laughs> it fucking sucked. <laughs> we got to catch plan. him. What are we going to do? Let's make him run away. It's just crazy. We got so him. He, he burrows under the ground. He goes to a supermarket that sells clothing. He cross-dresses. He has another cross-dresser. He steals cereal. He gets to the back of a woman's house. And finally, we get that great Green Dean weakness. Hey, I think he's allergic to dust. That's how we stop him. Dust. Dust is the answer. This makes no sense. Yes, it does. That is true. It makes no sense. Plants don't like dust. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, what? They could have just looked outside and saw what plants don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't like not water and they don't like not sunshine. You could have done anything. But dust? Like, what the fuck? Like, it's so. They like went an extra step to make less sense. They had to try. To right. make it make no sense on top <laughs> right. of less. No, it makes perfect sense. You guys are just not getting it. Plants don't like dust. Everyone knows that dust in plants, natural enemies. Do you see any dusty plants in the wild? Yes. No, you don't. I see them in my house. Because that's not how it works. Oh. <laughs> now the kids, they're like, all right, Mrs. Slotnick, we'd need dust. And she's like, oh, I don't have dust. But then they find dust because she's a, a liar and a fibber. The, the because point of this. women can't be trusted. That's right. And they don't know how to clean. 
yeah, you lazies. Well, yeah. I guess. I don't know. So they in the dust under the rug. They, I'm, really, they, I'm really buying into Shailen's theory here. This is, <laughs> this is such shit. Furious anger. So they finally get the dust and they throw it at Green Dean and he starts coughing. And But all of a sudden, he starts to grow flowers, right? And now that's very important. And it sounds a lot like this. That's right. It sounds like a, a death whimper. That's correct. <laughs> because they seem over they have the background it. of the Smurfs music. That's right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's correct. Yeah. What what would it sound like if uh, someone died while watching Smurfs? Let's record that and make it part of the episode. It's really unpleasant. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. It's just a very unpleasant scene because you're led to believe that they have killed this thing, and maybe they have. Because the next thing you see is. My personal favorite part of the episode here, Shailen. Mrs. Slotnick gets a prize, but it's not the one that you're expecting. And therefore, it is my pleasure to award you grand prize in the new category of the most beautiful exotic flowers growing on a former weed that ate up a supermarket. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> but, but it ends with... Green Dean, who's no longer green, he has the flowers and he's alive and smiling. And apparently growing flowers made him not hungry anymore. Right. It was I, like a growth know. spurt. He had to fuel up before growing more. I don't know. But you know what? You're like, oh man, after seven or eight segments, this show has to be over. But it's not. Because we have the oh, grand God. finale. We had the Garbage Pail Groaner, but now we have... The winner of today's Garbage Pail Award goes to Carly Cuts. Carly's always cutting in line. Hey, look out! So this girl cuts in the movie theater. She cuts in line at an ice cream stand at the beach by climbing up through a manhole cover that's at the beach. The ice cream stand is also run by like a bird, I think? Maybe. His head is made of melted ice cream and he has a cone nose. He's probably like fucking Coney McBird. This is his That's right. Coney McBird. <laughs> and but it's <laughs> Coney Island bird man. <laughs> but the, the Birdman of Coney Island. There we are go. Constantly booing Carrie Cuts because she cuts, and that's really not cool. It's not cool. But this little punk gets her fucking comeuppance. Oh, and one condition. We're making her wait in a long line to get it. Yeah. Oh, Oh shit. oh, shit. Take that, Kari Cuts. And then the director of the episode, in character, went up to her and said, you like cutting? And he cut the bridge of her nose. It was brutal. It was disgusting. <laughs> but, like, the blood was just, like, just clogged Dwayne, and he pulled yeah. at the bottom of her feet. And he was like, I'm hanging out down here. Caught you, motherfucker. I was in you the whole time. That is right. So that, thankfully, finally, is the end of Garbage Bale Kids. Or garbage pail kids, even. Let's garbage <laughs> bail out of this. Oh, please. Uh, yes, let's. Yeah. Yeah. Would you show this to a child, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I would. No, no, I would. <laughs> no, I don't think so. And it, I'm not going to be that like uppity parent from the 80s and be like, this is disgusting and disturbing. And, my ch-. and it just sucks. Yeah. I just, I wouldn't make anybody watch this. Thanks, Ben. No bueno. Shailen? I would like to reiterate everything that Dave said. Okay. Uh, I will also, I won't surprise anybody and come up with some convoluted reason. This this is just a flat no. And let's go with one to five clogged Dwayne pudding drips. Shailen. 
one because it exists. No, can I give it a half? Point five. How do I walk it's through that shitty. One? It's puddingy. I don't like pudding, by the way. Yeah. No good. Really? Yeah, that yeah. texture. You're wrong, but that's okay. Yeah, that. Uh, I disagree. Shannon, what's the best pudding flavor? Butterscotch. Oh wow, you came up really what, quick with that. What it's, about banana? Banana. Banana. For me, yeah. For my score, it is a a one <laughs> weird drip thing. Yeah, like I, I I watched this and I was like, this exists, I guess. Um, <laughs> though though I'm starting to think like maybe this controversy that it didn't air is maybe that was part of the charm? no fabricated no. by the production company and they were like this is garbage we can't show this we want to turn this into a cult hit mm-hmm. let's uh let's let's fabricate this like parent group fervor over it you know really drum up some uh underground infamy or whatever i don't believe that for a second i think it's all real yeah it's I'd, all real baby i would believe either case but Really, the correct thing happened in that it didn't air, which is just to the benefit of society. <laughs> Fewer enough. people were subjected to it. I'm going to give this a two, and that's just because it was too hot for television. It's not Jerry Springer of cartoons. A good show. It was not an enjoyable watch. None of the vignettes outside of maybe the garbage pail groaner had any value whatsoever. Just, just a real miss on this one. Yep. But speaking of Jerry Springer. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a good connection. You know, I was thinking a lot about how the show was banned from television, legitimately. And I was thinking about, do, do you guys remember the Jerry Springer Too Hot for TV DVD that they made? Uh, absolutely. I remember when they also sold it as a VHS. E- exactly. And for listeners who aren't familiar, Jerry Springer, of course, like the real pinnacle of trash talk shows, right? Like, you don't know that you're my baby's daddy. You know, I was cheating on you with your mother and all that stuff, but always fights. And they had a Too Hot for TV DVD that had like lots of uncensored tatas and swearing and all this crazy shit. This was the era when like Girls Gone Wild was big. Right. But it got me thinking a lot about what other TV shows have had to undergo this kind of censorship. And so our game tonight is the thematically themed thematically themed thematically themed anyway, game too hot for tv all right the nominally named <laughs> here's how you play i'm going to read you an episode description and some associated fallout and you guys need to let me know what the show is i'll give you some options you're both going to answer every time i'm going to give you multiple choice and whoever has the most wins no complications here okay here's our first one during the episode comedians Two friends attempted a career as stand-up comedians but failed at it. Afterward, they decided to set the comedy club on fire and watched it burn from across the street. Not too bad of an episode based on its content alone. Unfortunately, this was an instance where fiction turned into reality. According to a New York Times article, a five-year-old, Austin Messner, watched a segment in which the character said fire was fun, and according to his mother, right after that she caught him playing with matches— Later that evening, he set fire to their home, killing his younger sister. At that point, the episode was removed from the channel. Was this an episode of Beavis and Butthead, Rick and Morty, Phineas and Ferb, or Wienerville? (laughs) You'll both take a guess. It's possible you'll both get a point. I think it's Beavis and Butthead. Okay. 
I want to say Phineas and Ferb. It is Beavis and Butthead. Ah. Why a five-year-old would be watching Phineas and Ferb? I don't know, guys. I don't know. Phineas and Ferb or Beavis and Butthead? Beavis and Butthead. Either or. They're, they're both tough shows for kids. <laughs> Number two. This show explored the topic of auto asphyxiation to deadly results. In this now lost episode, a woman died from apparent suicide by hanging herself using a technique that was supposed to be a beneficial yoga technique. After the episode aired for the first and only time, one viewer took the episode's content to heart and tried to emulate the technique to tragic results. Due to her death from auto asphyxiation, the episode was never shown again on the network and was removed from syndication. Was this an episode of CSI, Hawaii Five O, The Commish, or Wienerville? <laughs> CSI Ben. Okay, Dave, what's your guess? But we're then non Wienerville. <laughs> uh, irrelevant. But you had CSI, Hawaii Five O, or The Commish. Oh man, I'm gonna go Hawaii Five O. The answer is Hawaii Five O. The original Hawaii Five O Elin. The wow. name of the episode really? is Bored, comma, she hung herself. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it was weird. Huh. Wasn't expecting that one. <laughs> what does it even mean? I don't know. <laughs> she was bored, so she hung herself. Was it supposed to be like a headline? Like bored, hung herself. I think so. Oh, okay. All right. Or maybe she was stiff as a board when they found her. <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't I didn't do this much research. Moving on. This episode of a long-running family series got into the topic of teens potentially bumping uglies after prom. It aired as planned, but was pulled from syndication by their parent company, because the parent company doesn't want you thinking about teens bumping uglies. Was this Boy Meets World, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Small Wonder, or Wienerville? (laughs) It'll get me every time. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say Boy Meets World. Okay. I'm going to agree with Dave. Boy Meets World. That is correct. Uh, it is an episode of Boy Meets World. Similar things happened to Boy Meets World around a drinking episode. I think there were mul- multiple yeah. ugly rubbing episodes. So yep. you don't want to be thinking about that. that. That show took some weird plot turns. The weirdest of them all was that the actress from when they went to college decided, I could make a lot of money with porn now. People know who mm-hmm. I am. And so she did. More power to her. She's yep. killing it. So you both have two. Heading for a tie. Whew. Got a few more here. In this beloved sitcom, the classic klutz character offends an entire country by accidentally setting their flag on fire, then stomping on it. This led directly to angry, potentially violent protests outside of the network. Was this Becker? Seinfeld? Kevin Can Wait? <laughs> Or Wienerville. (laughs) (laughs) What do you guys think? Seinfeld. Seinfeld. It is Seinfeld. It is the episode where it is Puerto Rico Day. Mm. Kramer accidentally sets the flag on fire with a cigar, and then he whips it around and stomps it out, and Puerto Rican community was very upset by this, and I think rightfully so. Agreed. So it was pulled for a while. Next one here. This beloved early 1990s kids show centers on the lovable characters enjoying an alcoholic beverage, then promptly stealing a car and crashing to their deaths. Once they float up to the sky as angels, they remove their costumes to deliver a ham-handed message regarding the dangers of alcohol. Was this from Street Sharks, 
Biker Mice from Mars, Tiny Toon Adventures, or Wienerville. <laughs> I'm going to go Tiny Toons. Okay. I agree, Tiny Toons. It is an episode of Tiny Toons. We almost watched that episode of Tiny Toons, and instead I made you watch the Tweety Bird one. Uh, I'm still mad about that. That's fair. <laughs> here we go. We got two left here, I think. Yeah. This gritty favorite was... Wienerville known- <laughs> is the answer. <laughs> Incorrect. Ah. Was known for being pretty dark. It got even darker when one character accidentally shoots a police officer with her own service pistol... And she laid in a pile of blood. What was supposed to be a lesson about gun safety turned into an uproar, and the episode was pulled after one airing. Was this Batman the Animated Series, Aeon Flux, Gargoyles, or Winneville? <laughs> gargoyles? Okay. Shale? Yeah, Gargoyles. It is Gargoyles. The episode was later edited <laughs> to make the puddle of blood less big and red. Oh, <laughs> but she was still shot. But what it's the still hell? there. Yeah, <laughs> blood or no blood, it doesn't negate the fact that she was shot. Yeah, exactly. She's bleeding Mountain Dew. <laughs> Speaking oh, of, oh, this is fun for kids. Mountain Dew, real quick here. Get off on a quick tangent. Red Lobster announced yesterday that they were coming out with a new signature cocktail, the Dewgarita. It's a Mountain Dew margarita. That's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Mountain Dew and crab juice. Plus tequila. Yeah. You can't miss it. I'll I'm on board. Of that. All right. So we got a tie. And this last one's a humdinger. Humdinger. So I'm glad I left it here. The network lost the rights to the cartoons aired on this show. And rather than pay royalties, they stopped its broadcast, withheld the reruns, and quashed any attempt to release the episodes. Some of them have leaked online, but around half remain lost due to the network's spite. Was this Muppet Babies? Pee-wee's Playhouse, Fraggle Rock, or Wienerville? What do you guys think? It's a different kind of censoring. Hmm. I'm, you know what? I got, <laughs> I got Mark Wiener outside banging on my door, demanding to talk to me man to man. I'm going to go with Wienerville. Okay. Jalen? Muppet Babies. The answer, of course, is Wienerville. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> It had to be at the end. Ah, man. <laughs> I looked up Wienerville Band, and this was like the closest I could come, and I thought, square peg, meet round hole. <laughs> Article by Mark Wiener. Yeah. Band TV, though. It's good stuff. So Dave wins. Yep. Congratulations, Dave. Another Thank reason you. to live. Thank you very much. On to the mailbag. Hey, WatchBots. What's up? Garbage Pail Kids bring up some pretty schnarsty childhood memories like this one time i saw a kid pick his nose until it bled and then he wrote people's name on his desk in his booger blood oh what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) gross right what horrifying shit did you live through yours b-o stinks well that's horrifying that's fucking wild that is real gross. Um, I mean, I've seen kids pick their noses and sure. I've seen bloody boogers, but I've never seen anybody write their name with it. That's that's really, I'm getting kind of sick talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. One time, uh, this was me, I went to school and like I wasn't feeling too good. And so we had just had snack time at school. So I, I had to run to the bathroom 
to um to throw up and i threw up and i could see like the chunks Ugh. of like the chocolate chip and the granola inside the vomit uh. <laughs> and then like i rubbed my balls in it oh that was weird oh yeah strange turn and, yeah. and then you took your balls and you wrote your classmate's name with that, <laughs> yeah. with that <laughs> ball vomit i threw up a lot as a kid mm-hmm. um just i don't know why but you said you made it to the bathroom, Ben. Mm-hmm. I often did not, so I would always like just chuck up on the floor oh, yeah. of the, our, our cafetorium. Let's see, something else gross. I think I've talked about it here before, but my dad and I—I I, went—I was invited to a neighborhood kid's birthday party, mm-hmm. and it was at Papagino's. And at Papagino birthday parties, you can the birthday kid gets to make their own pizza. You know, they get the dough, they get to flatten it out, and they put all the toppings on. And this kid had a drooling problem and as everybody sat around him he proceeded to put like the pepperonis and the mushrooms all over the pizza along with his drool which is just constantly pouring out of his mouth (laughs) oh god and in a moment of like rare awareness my father was like we're not eating that at all that's that's fucking gross that's pretty vile yeah that's so nasty i don't know who it was but someone shat in the bushes in front of my house (laughs) (laughs) that's not gross that's funny it was behind your house and it was so it could roll down the hill Mm -hmm. it's uncertain if it was an angry neighbor a bigfoot situation possibly a person who thought different people lived there i would like to believe that no one i knew was desperately trying to poop on our garden Mm -hmm. but could have been a sweaty party goer definitely a weird thing to like Wake up, go to catch the bus. What is that smell? Oh my God, that's human feces. Gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Really makes you think, doesn't it? <laughs> About who would poop in my yard. Yeah. But yeah. not like a sweaty po- party goer so much as like, here's a surprise for tomorrow. Listeners, we want to hear from you. Who would poop in Shailen's yard? Hashtag who would poop in my yard? Hashtag it was me. I, uh, in high school, uh, a kid... We had a, a secret bathroom, so it was sort of like... <laughs> I'm <minute>. sorry, what? <laughs> there was a secret bathroom in our high school that um, like, like a, a Harry lot Potter of kids... spell would open it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aloha Mora. <laughs> secret in what way, Dave? So secret is puis. It wasn't part... like So we had like our main hallways. It was like three floors. Um, so you had to like... It was like in between... It was like this annex between the gym and the school. And oh, not okay. a lot of kids could use it. So we just called it the secret bathroom. It was the one he used to to take a a shit. But someone used it and then proceeded to ruin it for everyone else by wiping their shit all over the wall. Like, just all over. It was vile. I don't know who does that. Oh, God. It was so, so gross. Someone who needs a kind of therapy that I don't know what it's called, but, like, they need it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, bowel movement therapy. I have no idea. Listen, believe you me, I'll I'll take a good poop, but I'm not going to play with it. I'm going to flush it down the toilet because that's where it belongs. Yeah, exactly. I'll take a picture of it. I'll send it to my friends, maybe my grandma, and, and you know via text, and then I'll. Uh, you got to pre- flush yeah, it. You got to yeah. preserve the evidence at least. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks, Bo. A really pleasant last few minutes this has been, and we want to hear from you, listeners at Watchbots Pod. What is your grossest memory, hashtag covering myself in poop. Hashtag poop poop magoop. (laughs) Scatman in the john. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. 
Go ahead, Chandler. Come up with a better one. I don't have one. I was just I, I being just, grossed out. I just had a thought, you guys. <laughs> I want to share it with you. I want to share it with the world. Now, because I'm saying it, I'm, I'm copywriting it. You know, for every like weird fetish or whatever, there's a community around it. And that's cool. You like your stuff, right? Sure. Right. But I think that we should be able to expand that out into other arenas. So if you're a person who gets really eroticized by poop, not for me, but maybe it is for you, but you really like to bake goods, you should be able to go to like a special place that covers both. And that's why you want to come down to Scatman Crawlers. (laughs) (laughs) Alternatively, if that's a little gross for you, maybe you're into like jazz or whatever, or you're a fan of The Shining. In that case, we got you covered down at Scatman Crawlers. That's it. That's my whole idea. It feels like I'm coming up with business ideas every week on this show. I agree. And not one of them has been cashed in on yet by me. And that's why we need to win that lottery. Agreed. That's why we're taking every other week now. So you yeah. can uh, go out and pursue your uh, business ventures. Many successful money. business ideas. Scatman Crawlers is a million dollar idea, at least. That's, that's true. true. That's I'll, really good. I'll fucking set up next to a Dunkin' Donuts and be like, suck my shit. And I'm going to make a donut out of it. Oh, that, that's see, that's too gross. I think I went too far because the donut shouldn't be shit. They should just be no, shit. No, you, your logo should be shitting into the O of the Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. yeah. And like my donut should have like an ax in its back. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Garbage Pail Kids. And I feel like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> for a cartoon we've talked a lot about and sort of thought about, this is one of those sad ones that it didn't really live up to the hype. Not yeah. even a little. Yeah. I, you know, not it, even it, a lot. Very much a a moment in time, and that moment is past. And oh, it's past. You can't go home again. You can only go to get your fresh baked goods down at Scatman Crawlers. Hit us up, <laughs> scatmancrawlers.com. You can get the uh, the Scatman Crawler. I don't know. The, I haven't thought about the, the donut the, names yet. Give me the, some time. The the, the, the nut and uh, give me some time. We'll get it figured out. A croissant shaped like a BM. <laughs> dingleberry frosted. Okay. Okay. I like that. Hmm. A dingleberry muffin. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. There's, there's a, the possibilities are endless, folks, but the idea is already owned. So you can't, you can't have it. Have you had the <laughs> Blumpkin spice latte? <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, the food is secretly delicious, right? Like it's just, it's a naming convention, you know? We're not like that heart attack grill, you know, that grill in Las Vegas where they get like the the women of the night to be waitresses and then they give you that burger that's 7,000 calories and like really fat guys go in there and they're getting fawned over and it makes you want to die. No, this is a, a wholesome family restaurant mm-hmm. with donuts that are named after shit. It's like a step sideways from the Roadkill Cafe. Which was an actual restaurant chain based on funny t-shirts. That is the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> it's two steps diagonal from Hard Rock Cafe. Yes. Yeah. I feel like you guys just renewed your vows. Mm-hmm. Feels like it. Mm-hmm. Not going to get better than that. So you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Jiffy at Scatman Crawlers. Please subscribe, rate, and review on, on iTunes and Spotify, etc. And... Folks, for Dave and for Shailen, thanks for listening to another episode of WatchBots. We'll be back in a couple weeks, unless we rescind and come back early or late. But 
I mean, you know how we have to end this. I want to know... Shailen? Yeah? I want to know what Harrison Ford would say, right? But he was... He, so he's Harrison Ford, mm-hmm. but he's talking like Savage Stewart, and he's doing a little pitch for Scatman Crawlers. Get off my plane and into Scatman Crawlers. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> into Scatman Crawlers? That's disgusting. Crawlers. He's dead. Crawlers. This is not an ad read for Condom and He and Hims. This is a, a read for Scatman Crawlers. What, what more do you want from me? He wants you off his plane. <laughs> See that that works. His, I no, I just I hated this episode so much. The one that we just did. The garbage pail kids. I'm retiring for two weeks. That'll show him. Goodbye.